Welcome to the Aging Gracefully podcast. I'm Mary Thompson. And I'm Janae Anderson. Join us as we explore the myths, beliefs, and realities of aging to empower each of us to thrive on all levels, every moment of our lives. Mary, I came upon this quiz and I want us to take it. A quiz? A quiz. Okay. I'm all for quizzes. It's like those in the magazine that ask you. Yes. This is okay. this is kind of like that. Okay. First question. Are you roughly between 45 and 65 years old? <laughs> roughly. Roughly I'm between 45 and 65. Yes. Me too. Are you ready for some changes in your life, but you're not sure where or how? You know, it's interesting because I'm going to go to that first question that said, are you between 45 and 65? Because when I was younger, a few years ago, I was. Like, I've made some changes now. So I wouldn't say that I'm in a place now that I want to make changes, but I was certainly there in my 50s, you know, my, my early 50s. And so, yes, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes to that, too. I, too, made some big changes in earlier on in my 50s. But it also applies to today because my husband is talking about making some big shifts in his work. And, of course, that affects me. So that change is, mm-hmm. is unfolding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So changes, just kind of general life changes is what they're thinking about. Yes, particularly applicable to this phase in our lives. All right. Next, would you say that some of the relationships that have been important to you seem to be shifting? Hmm. Family relationships are really solid for me, so not those ones. But, and here again, I have to go back to my 50s, my earlier 50s. I'm not 60 yet, soon, but in my 50s, I began to shift my relationship with work. Is all of a sudden, my work took on a different form. This was my big change that I made that I alluded to earlier was I had been teaching for 20 years someplace and it wasn't until the last few years that it began to, um, that I wanted to change. I wanted to do something different. I wanted to take my skills in a different direction. And so I, I would say definitely that I, my relationship, not with the people that I was involved with, but my work relationship and how I saw myself in that. How about for you? How are relationships with you? You know, things are shifting. Um, Family relationships have shifted some where I'm feeling closer to some members and not so close to others. Interestingly, um, where in the past for decades, it's been pretty predictable and and yeah, the same. Um, And friend-wise, even a few shifts going on there that I'm noticing it's um, it's interesting because things have been, I guess, through the um, the phase of life of raising the kids and all that kind of thing. Things have been pretty stable, but I am seeing some relationship shifts. Interesting. Okay, so so far we're we're batting a thousand as far as this quiz goes. We are, aren't we? <laughs> so, all right. Next, my body is changing, sometimes seemingly overnight, in ways that are a little unsettling. You know, didn't we just talk about aches and pains just short? Yes, we did. So I think that there are certainly like changes happening overnight. Now I'm going to again, reflect back all the way to my forties and, you know, maybe I had in my late forties, early fifties, more um, hormonal changes that seemed to happen overnight. 
um, things that I would go through and experience my body seemingly running amok <laughs> and doing its own thing. But I think now today, I, I certainly feel pains and aches and things like that. Stuff my body changing. And you know, one significant change for me that came up, and it came up recently again, and so I'm aware of it right now. But when I was growing up, people would always comment about how much I looked like my dad. And I could look at pictures and I'd say, yeah, I look like my dad. But now that I'm getting older, everybody says, you look just like your mom. And so I've traded my father's face in my youth for my mother's face in my current age. And that's something, a shift that I think has come on pretty quickly that I didn't see. A, I, I can see it now as I look in the mirror and I can see a little bit more of my mom. But I never would have said that. I never would have recognized it before. So maybe there's a, a shift that's occurring, a softening possibly that's uh, related there. So I think, yes, my body has changed in the way it looks. It's changed in the way it feels. It's changed in, you know, gravity has had its effect. <laughs> and so there's certainly been some shifting, there's some shifting of the tectonic plates. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, my body tends to, tends to shift and change. How about you? Are you immune to that or how do you? Oh my gosh. So I have been the same bra size for about 15 years. You know, ever since when, when I had my baby, things shifted a bit, understandably. But I've been stable since. And I went to buy a new one recently and I couldn't make my usual size fit. And, uh. and so I had a good look at the breasts. And indeed, they are bigger. Yeah. They are broader. I jumped up a full bra size, and I'm not that comfortable with that. I never, you know, I, I never really was into having bigger breasts. And, yeah, so that's what I'm a little unsettled about, as the quiz says. Can I, can I say something here? I had a friend that that same exact thing happened to, and she said, when did I develop these large peasant bosoms? <laughs> it feels because you don't feel glorious because you look at photos I look at photos of myself and it seems like some giant hand has just kind of put itself on the top of my head and flattened me <laughs> and I and asked it came her, out as the bust <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because my actual poundage has not changed mm -hmm. and I asked a nurse friend I said what's going on and she said just what you said she said gravity yeah you know it just settles you <laughs> interesting yeah so any other shifts that you know? So I know we talked about aches and pains. Aches and pains was our last podcast. And mm -hmm. yeah, so we we talked about that. Um, you know, more wrinkles and no. that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Overnight. Overnight. It's yeah. Like, I was so young looking yesterday. If only you could have known me then. <laughs> <laughs> I got fitted for new contacts a while back. I don't wear them anymore. It was one of my midlife choices not to wear contacts. But about 10 years ago... Um, in my late 40s, I got fitted for a stronger pair of contacts, and, and I was at the eye doctor's office, and he said, well, you know, walk around and see how they feel and look around. And so I, I walked into the bathroom, and I looked at myself in the mirror, and I couldn't believe how old I looked. <laughs> So that's the answer. That's the answer. I'm going to reduce my prescription, my, yes. my glasses prescription, and I'll look younger. There's something very comforting about blurry vision. <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah, so I think um, when you haven't seen it for a while and then you see it, you really notice the change. Mm -hmm. I think that's true. Yeah. All right. Oh, here's one. 
Do you feel like a teenager with all these hormonal changes? Hmm, now that's a good question. I'm trying to remember being a teenager. That was a long, long time ago. And, you know, I don't think I do. I'm, I, the reason I'm thinking this is, like, when I was a teenager, like, we had really obvious signs of teenagerhood as far as acne, um, development, of course, secondary sex characteristics, the showing up of the breasts, hair, those things. So there were really definitive shifts that occurred in a relatively short period of time. Um, and now I'm noticing maybe the opposite of this. It's like hair is disappearing. <laughs> I remember hearing a, a Dr. Oz statement one time where women were curious about were they shifting in their hormones. And he said, well, think about how often you shave your legs now as opposed to when you were in your 20s. And I had to think and say, I can't remember the last time I shaved my legs. Because wow. it was just, there's not a lot of estrogen driving that development. So it's almost like, I feel like the reverse of a teenager, you know, where teenagers have these shifts that are really obvious. My shifts all feel a little bit more subtle. So I'd have to say no to that one. That I don't feel like a teenager because um, I remember teenage having, being able to maybe clearly identify those shifts. Whereas now they're a little bit more subtle and hard to pinpoint. I think it is aiming at those who are going through their menopause. Oh, yeah. Because, of course, during that period of time, I felt very hormonal. And the mood shifts and the hot flashes and all, all that good stuff was um, hormonally driven. So, you know, at, at this age, 10 years after menopause, um, certainly I don't feel like a teenager. But, but back then, yeah, aware of all those hormonal changes was a bit... Uh, Mm -hmm. Too similar to okay. teenager to. Um, so here's an I statement. I definitely don't feel old, but I'm certainly not young either. <laughs> I don't want to own that. <laughs> I, would, I would own the first part. I definitely don't feel old. And I guess I would have to admit that I've, if someone was to ask me, you know, if I was in a, in a lineup with a number of other people, I would, I would tend to look towards people in their 30s and below as being young. And um, not to say that people in their 40s are old. I'm just saying that it would be where I'm looking at, oh, my God, he was just a kid. You know, it's when we have that person that waited on us somewhere and we think, oh, they were just so young. And then we realize, no, they were like 32 years old. And we've just moved away from that, that uh, fresh-faced time. So I, I would have to say that, yeah, I guess I have to own the whole thing, that I don't, I don't think I'm old. I don't feel old, and I don't think I think old. But I uh, certainly have got the experience of youth. So, you know, I've had that, that I'm looking back on it as opposed to being in the middle of it. Yeah, I would agree. I, I don't want to use the word old. So I think I would say I'm on the latter side of youth. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm not, I don't even feel like I'm on the young side of old, just that I'm on the latter side of young. Okay. <laughs> All right. And last but not least, are you too busy spending time on things that are just not that important to you? Do you think that you can keep doing that or are you ready to let it go? Now, again, I'd have to go back to my, my late 40s and my early 50s is I was too busy doing things that were no longer important to me. I was doing the same things. I'd been in that job, like I said, for about 20 years. And so I was still doing the same things. I was having the same experiences. And it wasn't as fulfilling as it had been earlier. So, yeah, I would say I was doing that. 
now because I've shifted and I'm self-employed now and I'm a little bit more selective about how I spend my time that it's changed a bit. But I would say definitely if I look back on the last 10 years, there was a shift in that. I would agree. A few years ago, I left my office job and, um, and have never looked back. Yeah. But back then, I really felt way too busy, way too overwhelmed, mm-hmm. and that my heart was calling me to step out of that toiling phase mm-hmm. and into a more expansive phase. Interesting. Okay, so how did we do on the quiz? Was that it? Or how Ding! Did... <laughs> it says if you get at least four of these questions, you are in. And so we definitely have both scored, and this means... Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. This means that we have entered the period of middle essence. Middle essence. Middle essence. You know, I've heard about that. Now, I I know that adolescence, that was a big discovery at some point in time when they said, oh, look, childhood and adulthood have this gap called adolescence. But what do they define or how do they term this middle essence? What does that mean? So I'm a middle essence. Okay, I'll, I'll take that badge. Well, let's talk first about what it's not. Okay. So middle essence, which I'll just give you a little tidbit, is midlife. It's where we are. Okay. It is not a stagnant part of life. Okay. It's not the fact that we're beginning a downhill slog toward our demise. Middle essence says that what we're looking at culturally is an antiquated narrative, you know, that where our age defined what we could and couldn't do. And that this phase that we're in should be a phase of just leisure and decline. I mean, do you want that? Well, I don't think the idea of just kind of stepping away from society, you know, it's like, oh, here's your gold watch. Now go golfing or go do your hobbies, your handicrafts and things like that. And you're no longer a contributing member of society. That really doesn't fit me at all. Me neither. There's basically, there's a cultural lag between the old notions of getting the gold watch and sliding down the hill and the new reality. So this is it. Middle essence is these vibrant years in the middle. It's life's most treasured stage. It's a shift in our self-concept and direction. And it's an opportunity to clarify what's really important in our lives. So, you know, in the old, not so long ago, like our parents, certainly our grandparents, when they were this age, heading towards 60, they were considered old. And it was time for them to to retire and be no longer relevant. But not us. We're like the hot grannies, you know? I mean, (laughs) we're trekking with our kids or not grandkids and we're... Uh, vibrant and vital. And so this phase has been coined middle essence. I remember reading that people in this time period, this time of life, are more active in volunteerism than any other age group. And I recently ran into a woman at um, at the local store and she was, I was asking her how she was doing. She's about my age. And she said she was getting ready to shift her career. She wanted to put her house, rent it out, and then go and be an English as second language teacher in another country. And it's, it's so interesting is that wouldn't have been something in my parents' generation that someone would have retired from their, their career and then gone and done something like that. They would have gone out to the golf course or on hikes and things like that. So I thought that was really fascinating. I think that's a part of this, this concept, right? Of middle essence that it's, it's a brand new time of life where we do the things we feel more called to do, more compelled to do things that are going to satisfy us. Yes, I think that's true. And it's, 
it's a brand new phase of life. And because of that, we haven't figured it out completely. And so in that way, it is like adolescence. Okay. It can be a time of frustration and confusion, alienation, but it's also a time of self-discovery mm-hmm. and new direction, like your friend who's going to go teach English as a second language and fresh beginnings. Right. Mm-hmm. I remember reading, again, going back to my volunteerism, like the Peace Corps has like 7 or 8% of their volunteers are over 50 which is up from zero in the 1960s. Yeah. You know? Yes, and they even have uh, an entire um, part on their website dedicated to the older volunteer. So this mm-hmm. is like happening. Right. This is a real thing. And it's not just volunteerism. I mean, there, there's adventures, there's teaching. There, there are ways to share our experience and our expertise. And mm-hmm. uh, studies also show that Once we turn 65, we actually are happier. So this is life's most treasured stage, and this happiness just increases. Um, And so middle essence is like we take this happiness and we run with it. I like that. I do too. It's it's funny because the dictionary defines the middle essence as the middle age period of life, especially when considered a difficult time of self-doubt and readjustment. And I say, bah, I say, bah, bah, bah. Um, I don't think it's about self-doubt. I know it wasn't about self-doubt for me, although there may have been some questions about who am I if I'm not this person doing this job? But it wasn't about doubt. There was behind that a lot of excitement, you know, that, oh, I can write this next chapter of my life, that I've got that um, ability and I have, you know, unfortunately, I had the financial ability to do so too. And found that when I left one job, I did better at the other, you know, as far as financially. But I was so locked in for so many years to that concept of who I had to be as an adult and what were my societal goals. And I think so it wasn't so much for me self-doubt. It was almost this self-discovery more so than self-doubt. That's it. Self dis- it is a period of self-discovery. And that might include, it didn't for you, but it might include a bit of self-doubt and self-exploration. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to figure out what we want to be when we grow up all yes. over again, because it's this amazing gift of 20, 30, 40 years that um, our parents didn't really have because they didn't have the vitality and the longevity right. that we have. Mm-hmm. So it's a really amazing time. And I know to, to let go of the job I had been in, and me too. I was very defined in it. I had a lot of relationships around it. And yet there was this unhappiness signaling yeah. me. And um, I have learned, and that's another benefit of being older, I have learned to pay attention to those deep feelings that, that come. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they used to call it the midlife crisis, right? And of course, Women didn't get to have the midlife crisis. Men got to have the midlife crisis. They got to leave the wife and buy a Jaguar. (laughs) But which really, I think there's a part of a longing or a calling that we have. And it could be that women uh, maybe answer that in different ways. And so it wasn't as obvious as you get from a man leaving a career and running off and getting the the convertible, whatever the the picture is. But it's, um, you know, they might have a different way of approaching what that looked like. But I think we also have always had a midlife crisis too, where you know, we go, okay, what am I going to do now that my familial and my societal obligations have been fulfilled? Who do I get to be? And I remember one time at a workshop and they were talking about the stages of life, the maiden, the mother, the crone. 
So that's what they looked at. There was childhood, there was adulthood, and then there's old age. I don't want to be a crone. I, know. I don't want to be a crone if I define it the way I want to define it. But they said, oh, there's actually a fourth stage that they've put in between mother and crone, and they called it the creatrix. That we have the ability at this time in our life to create what we want to become because the kids are pretty well off, you know, every the societal obligations have been met, and now we can start saying, what's my heart longing? What do I want to do? And so for this woman I talked about a minute ago, the heart's longing was to travel, to see different places, and to be of service, to do that teaching English in different countries. Mm, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a time when we get to enjoy, a time when we can give back. Mm -hmm. I, in a way, rather than being a midlife crisis, we can look at it as the pinnacle of life. The pinnacle the of life. Pinnacle. I like it's that. It's the coolest phase to be mm -hmm. in. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, really. We're better at navigating life's ups and downs. We've mm -hmm. done it enough, right? We know who we are. We know what we care about. And so we are at a place where we can drive change and contribute to the world in meaningful ways and enjoy ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we're not advising that you quit your job and, <laughs> and you know, go trekking in the Himalaya, unless that's what you want to do. But it may be that you're beginning to listen to or hear that that call of your spirit that's saying there's something that you can do to really nurture yourself and feed yourself in this time of life, in this middle essence. And it can look so many different ways. It can look like spending more time at home, writing and communing in nature. I mean, it doesn't have to be wild and crazy changes. Yeah. I guess this is a benefit of middle essence as opposed to adolescence. In adolescence, I was so consumed with my peers and I was so consumed with what they thought about me and how they perceived me. And although I wanted to be unique, I wanted to be unique in a very particular way that was the same as all my peers. Of course. <laughs> so, and I think in this middle essence, I'm not bound by that peer pressure. If anything, I'm having... Um, like the opposite of the peers say, it's applauding me for reaching out and doing something different and supporting me in that uh, and not holding me to any kind of accountability. You have to stay the same. I got a little bit of that from my family, I think. They were afraid for me that if I left a, a career that was, you know, that I'd been in a long time and I had recognition and that I would be nothing. And uh, so the family saw me a little bit differently, but my friends all said, you know, fly. And uh, it's been a great journey. So I think that middle essence uh, is almost the opposite, maybe, of adolescence. It's a time where we get to really check out what we want to be as opposed to what anybody else wants for us and to explore that. Yeah, and as opposed to adolescence where we don't really know who we are. <laughs> I mean, here we come into this phase where we're armed with decades of experience and expertise, and we're just ready to own life's lessons and live, and as you say, why? Nice. Well, thank you for listening to our podcast today. I should add that the quiz we took oh, thank you, at the please. beginning was written by Barbara Waxman, who has written and spoken a lot about middle lesson. You can find her on the internet. Right. So thank you, Janae. This was a lot of fun. So I'd like to thank you all for joining us today. Yes, thank you so much. This is Mary Thompson and Janae Anderson signing out.